Welcome back to You Got It, Dude. I'm Dina. And I'm Whitney. And guess what? We're taking a slight detour. We because are this is, off the rails. This is our podcast, and we get to do what we want to do. And guess what? Today is a non-Olsen day. It's a Babysitter's Club day. Oh, my gosh. I did find the connection between the two, which we can talk about later. Oh, I absolutely cannot wait for that. Um, but yes, we are discussing The Babysitter's Club, the 1995 film based on the book series. Yes, not the new Netflix series, which I at least haven't watched one minute of, despite the fact that I sort of wanted to. But, you know, I figured that, that was a little bit out of my age range now. I but did then, not even know that it existed. Really? Until I started doing research for this. Holy shit. You've, I, I will never. A BSC-related uh, pop culture thing will never slip <laughs> through my radar because I adore it. I used to sit in Barnes and Noble on the floor, just going through each and every book until I like found a new one. I was, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Dina, or if I ever shared this part of me, but I was part of a Barnes and Noble had like these different like clubs and I was part of like the babysitter club club where we would get together every like Saturday mm-hmm. um, at the, Barnes and Noble and Rancho and then we would do like different kind of like baking activities and different things that they, they, were, wow. they were doing the books and I was actually in the Inland Valley Daily Bulletin multiple pictures of me quotes from me they really they really looked at the babysitter's club club through my <laughs> eyes and yeah that's that that was my first exposure to um I don't know infamy being being going viral call it mm-hmm. what you will but I was I was a star for that day you were um I'm gonna go ahead well um I'm gonna go ahead and be honest and say I've never read a babysitter's club book even though this podcast is over (laughs) like this movie does hold a special place in my heart obviously which you know we can get into our past with this movie oh yeah um is the new tv series like a sabrina type thing where it's like a dark take because that's what i'm hoping for no god no that would be terrible (laughs) considering that these are babysitters and they're 13 years old um no the new i think it's very heartwarming i is this the one with alicia silverstone she's in one of them i don't know babysitters club I, I also watched, Dina, did you ever watch any of the old series that were that came out on VHS? They were like like t- television series and then no. they put them out on VHS tapes. Well, okay, you also missed out on that one. Wow. Yes, it does say Alicia Silverstone's in it. Yes. Just a complete dream. I'll, I'll watch this once I get bored enough. Oh, Mark Feuerstein's in it too. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> of royal pain. Oh, <laughs> wow. Mark Feuerstein, like I do. Um, I do all right. follow his career. I mean, why wouldn't we? <laughs> uh, 
I one time had a professor who went on a date with him and he, she said he was very full of himself. <laughs> well, is he now playing Watson Brewer on the Babysitter's Club? I'm dying to get into this movie. So let's, okay. let's, let's just get, get into, into it. it. I'm you so excited. You don't even need to know how we're doing. It's the same. It's always the yeah, same. Yeah, it's always the same. We, Dina, I, I am two weeks into my job. It's fantastic. Everything's going well. life summarize let's move on to the movie (laughs) okay great I was able to write a description although I will say this was incredibly hard to write uh write which we'll get into I can't wait the babysitter's club is a 1995 classic film based on the book series following the first generation of boss babes we have Christy the tomboy leader because of course the masculine one has to lead it her best friend Marianne aka Lainey Boggs 1.0 Marianne's stepsister Dawn, who's environmentalist, California stereotype, shopaholic from New York, Stacy, free spirit artist Claudia, and junior members Booklore Mallory and dancer Jesse. Uh, supporting characters include Marianne's boyfriend, his best friend Alan, and arch nemesis Koki. That's Koki. right, Koki. Koki Roberts. Okay. <laughs> That's what I kept saying. The <laughs> girls are breaking for the summer and trying to figure out how to spend the summer together and also raise enough money for a headquarters which is currently claudia's bedroom christy has the quote brilliant idea to hold a summer camp for neighborhood kids in marianne and dawn's backyard this goes well except for everyone um except for the bathroom and their karen neighbor played by academy award winner nominee (laughs) ellen burston And uh, everything is going okay until Christy gets an unexpected visitor from her estranged father. She keeps secretly meeting, uh, she starts secretly meeting up with him, letting down everyone, including Claudia, who needs her to pass her science test, which is arguably the most important plot point of the film. Eventually, her father lets her down, standing her up at a carnival, and she realizes her real family is the club. The girls work to repair their prospective clubhouse greenhouse, Koki tries to destroy. Darren agrees to go out with Alan, and the girls stay in Claudia's room and give the greenhouse to Ellen in exchange for ruining her summer. All in all, they worked all summer for $18 and got a pizza. <laughs> Truly, I was shocked by, you know, Ved used to say this thing about Heart of Dixie, which was that each and every episode would basically lead up to like nothing happening. Like it would seem like something was going to happen, and then at the end, nothing ended up happening. And That's how I felt about Younger. Yeah, exactly. And that's basically how the Babysitter's Club movie was. <laughs> like, a lot happened, but then nothing actually really happened. Like, the outcome was, like, meaningless. Yeah, like, they they go at net zero. Yeah. And, like, there are so many B-plot storylines. Like, I couldn't even include in this description, which I should have, like, the second most important plot point to me, which we'll get into, which is Stacy's date. Bro. Bro. <laughs> I, which is mind-boggling okay this is one of the most fascinating things that I've ever done in terms of like re-watching a movie because I used to watch this movie so much when I was younger yes and it was so important to me and even you know I'm going to use the theme music within this because even when the theme music started at the very beginning anyway it was fabulous 
loved it so much. And I was like, man, I have such a good movie. And I, I have such a good feeling when I watch this movie. And w- even when I like was taking notes, I was like, I simply cannot give an unbiased opinion on this one. Like it is just fabulous. I love it so much. And then I started watching it. And <laughs> I gotta say, there was a couple of things that stuck out to me as a 34 year old woman. Oh that my I God. was like, oh it's my insane. God. Like, how did I not remember, like, how terrible this was? But it's like, as you're watching it, like, things start creeping up on you, and you're like, yeah. wait, is that, that's what happens, isn't it? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so, so many there's, like, this main plot point, as I said, of, like, Christy and her dad, but then there's, like, 10,000 B plot lines. Or I don't also, even know if the summer camp's the A plot line, and the dad is the B plot line. Like, I'm not even sure. See, so that's the thing, and I'm glad that you bring this up because in my memory, the summer camp was the A plot line, and the dad was just sort of like the B plot, like like side plot, you know? Yeah. And then when I was watching this, I was like, why are we spending so much fucking time with this deadbeat dad? Like, we get it. He's there. He's not there. Like, it's terrible. If anything, like, it, it just made me, like, really, really sad to watch. But I was like, why are we spending so much time on this? Like, more back to the summer camp you know the summer camp was the fun part yeah like I was I was really shocked at that also so this dad comes back after being gone I think they say like five years or whatever Mm -hmm. and he takes her out and is like making her promise like do not tell anybody I'm here and so like I really want to get into like what was the dad doing like was the dad a drug addict oh I was okay because yeah he lives out of a van but he's he very, says he's at a hotel, but yeah, then has a West van. Very sketch. It just doesn't make any sense. He, every time she's, like, asking when she, when she can, like, tell her mom or tell everybody that he's here, and he's like, almost, almost. And then at the very end, he's like, hey, kiddo, just didn't work out. Sorry. Like, bye. You know? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? And then I had never realized in the, like, outro, like, epilogue voiceover whatever, she's like, now my dad writes me every few days instead of every few years. And it's like, Ooh. okay, so he just gets off the hook. Ouch. <laughs> that is such a bummer, dude. I honestly, in my memory, I remember there being three scenes with their dad and I think that that's just so weird how like your memory compresses everything mm-hmm. also well I just have so much to dig into yeah but the next thing that I noticed as an adult was how much I identified with the neighbor because now <laughs> living living around so many children who like do scream at like seven in the morning on like a Saturday morning I'm like you know what if these little rugrats were running a an unsanctioned summer camp next door to me and also she's yeah and she's a member of like the city council or something yeah like i'd use my connections too to be like get out of here exactly like i was like oof and then like the kids are like literally like here's just like a list of what the kids are doing they threw a stink bomb in her backyard she is like a gardener and she's like growing these flowers and they go and cut all the flowers down to like make what are they doing they're like replanting them in the other yard it's just very strange like all these summer campers, I'm like, keep an eye on these kids. They just seem very chaotic. And, like, she's, like, trying to, like, drink her coffee, and they, like, are screaming into a, a megaphone, like, at all times. Yeah, I definitely related to the neighbor. Also, one more thing I noticed, which is that, like, as Isn't it that Ellen Burstyn hasn't changed in 30 years? I know. Not at all. Years. She looks, She looks fabulous. <laughs> but also, like, as an adult now, too... I, do, I can't help but see that 
the oldest person running the summer camp is 13 years old. 13. 13. 13. I can't believe you're 13. 13. <laughs> I, so I did remember that like word for word. I did. There's so many quotes that we can get into that I remember oh word for word. Um, but yeah, the, the oldest person running this is 13. And apparently they needed no permits from the city. And all these parents are just dropping off their kids. And Marianne's lawyer, who was a father, writes up a contract for them to sign. Is that contract even legally binding when they're 13? <laughs> like, wouldn't he have to then co-sign it for his own children? Yes. And it's to, like, not use the bathroom in the house, which they immediately break that. It's just absurd. God, I love this movie. <laughs> so, so there's, like, three distinct scenes with the dad of, like, there's the opening, like, scene. There's the baseball scene, which has, like, no meaning. Right. And then there's, like, the one where he, she forces Marianne to go to um, dinner with them. Dinner. And like, yeah. they're eating out of his van in a park. And he's making mouse pancakes, like, inside his van. Yeah. And, like, I, the mouse pancakes look nothing like a mouse. And he buys Christy a dress, which she doesn't wear dresses. Um, and, like, there's just, like... The actor playing the dad has such a weird energy, and he's, like, so casual. And, like, it makes me think he was, like, improving all of his lines. Genuinely, yes. Because at one point, he goes, he stands up to go back in the van, and then he goes, I don't know why I just did that, and sits back down. Yeah, it's very weird. There's some very, I don't, I don't know what was the meaning behind any of this, to be honest. Okay, so the next... um major thing we should do you want to should we get into claudia next yeah let's do claudia okay (laughs) so claudia is like this artist type but she's failing science and her mom's like threatening to take her out of the club which their her room is their headquarters so this is important to everybody and so chrissy says i'm gonna help you and chrissy lets everybody down but th- so they come up with this performance, which Whitney and I still quote to this day, all the time, of a song. But I didn't remember that the song had actual lyrics besides the brain, the brain, the center of the chain. If you want to run, if you want to jump, you got to get your left and right ventricles apart. Through the heart, the center of it all. Surprise. <laughs> yep. I'm glad that you brought this up because yes absolutely I agree with you it does have lyrics other than that but let me put it this way Claudia is basically 
has gotten to the end of the summer, aka gotten to like the point where she has to take this test, right? Christy has not helped her out at all. And then somehow they put together like this rap song, which contains Dina maybe one helpful lyric other than the brain, the brain, the center of the chain, which is incredibly helpful. But it's like past the hypothalamus. Do you know the lyrics? Something like that. Yeah. They, they include like maybe one helpful lyric. Somehow that helps her enough to get like a B minus. Like I was just kind of like this. This isn't actually that helpful. <laughs> but I think they spent more time on the choreography than the actual like maybe it would have been better spent like quizzing her and helping her to like learn a little bit more but somehow it worked I don't know and also like these parents are like paying to keep their kids entertained and instead the kids have to sit there while they help one of the counselors um prepare for science or science class yeah so also um in in this rewatch I do have to say Claudia is by far the worst actress in this cast I do think that potentially there was more in the movie that they cut out because I agree. You could almost tell that basically Claudia in the movie ends up having like mm, four lines total. Yeah. And I think that it's because they were like, oh, this girl is. And most of it was just like, come on, Christy. Yeah, Christy, you promise. And she also wears like the same outfit multiple times, which is very strange in the movie. That's art, Dina. Okay, that's true. That's just realist. So yeah. that was the storyline I was most looking forward to, and I was just shocked at like how small it was. It's essentially scenes total. Although I will say the rap scene is pretty cute. Oh yeah, I do like how. Can in you the insert mid-90s... some of the rap here? I mean, you don't have to ask. It's <laughs> an automatic. Um, but the rap scene's really cute. I do like Alan in that love okay. of my life. That's the next thing when. You <laughs> So, okay, so Marianne has a boyfriend named Logan. Logan is yeah. played by Dream Boat Austin O'Brien, a.k.a. the, the little boy from My Girl 2. A.k.a. also Last Action Hero, which I just asked that if we could watch. And then I, like, started playing the trailer, and I was like, who is that boy? <laughs> <laughs> and I needed to know where he went to. I, like, looked up all these people. And so Logan's best friend is a guy named Alan who's like kind of nerdy, but like one, it's kind of like a Laney Box situation where it's just like he's playing a nerd, but like he's pretty cute. He's super cute. I also. But they do him dirty. They do him so dirty. And also, it's basically his weirdness all comes down to his clothing. (laughs) Like it's all his clothing. He literally, at some points, guys, he wears like a suspenders and then he wears like a squirting flower that he like squirts at dawn and dawn just keeps and like a barbershop quartet hat yes which by the way also that's a look i like it (laughs) um but dawn just keeps calling him a dweeb over and over and i'm like like to his face there yeah and i it was making me so uncomfortable especially because dawn's supposed to be like the sweet vegetarian like from california all she does is eat like a bowl full of sunflower seeds and she's like to this guy, like, ew, don't let him hang out with us. He's a dweeb. Yeah. And, was, but the part where Alan is trying to fly like a bird. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Like. Um, <laughs> I have I have a theory, which is just that, like, 13-year-old boys have way too much energy. Um, 
and they just need to like waste it on doing stuff like that because I can remember when we were in junior high boys acting like that I genuinely think they they would they would just be like ah you know (laughs) um yeah I wrote makes me want to fly is just cruel seriously I would say most of my notes though have to do with our last storyline which is Stacy and Luca mine too dude (laughs) literally all mine do too it's all like it's all like stuff like do they have oh one more thing that I wanted to note speaking of outfits and Uh speaking of kind of what we're about to speak about the one thing that did I did notice in this rewatch is like did you see some of Koki's outfits like oh, wait, with, we like, need to do an entire fashion report about all these okay, people. Okay, okay. Like, well, then we'll get into it. We'll get yeah. into it. Because <laughs> um, I was like, ooh, this is weird. Yeah. It's it's really fucking weird. Yeah. So, Stacy, the shopaholic, from, that's the treasure from New York, um, she goes to babysit, and somebody takes a message and says, oh, blah, 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 called. You, her little nephew's going to be there tonight. So she brings a flag and says, oh, where's your cousin? And it turns out to be this 17-year-old from Switzerland. There is absolutely no point in him being from Switzerland. He does not really have an accent. It doesn't come into play at all. He could have been from Oregon, and it would have been the same thing. Yeah, it is weird how he doesn't have an accent. He kind of has like a vague British thing going on. But I do think, so Stacy's whole storyline is that she's super sophisticated. She's into fashion. She's very like, you know. Adult. Like adult. And then I think that that's why they had him be from Switzerland because it's like, oh, he's like even more sort of like adult, cool, hip, like European, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But so my favorite thing about this entire storyline is that they meet they clearly have the chemistry they hang out with Rosie the little girl who she's babysitting the first night there's like a clear chemistry and he kind of asks her out and then the next scene cut to her talking to the rest of the babysitters club sort of very much being like guys I don't know if I should tell him that I have diabetes (laughs) you know and then in my head I'm like you know that he's 17 and you're 13, right? Maybe, like, I think that our priorities are a little mixed up here. And also, it just reminded me, Dina, of the fact that when you read the series, I know that you didn't get this, like, hit over your head time and time and time and time again like I did, but when I read the series, they wrote about diabetes as if it was a death sentence (laughs) and something that you should be so ashamed of. Like, I remember growing up thinking oh my God, if I had diabetes, my life would be over, you know? And thinking like, if people knew that I had diabetes, that would be like the worst possible thing. So yeah, so they basically treat diabetes like a death sentence. And, you know, it's just a weird, a weird quirk of the book, I guess. (laughs) You're like, that's a, that's a strong statement to make. Exactly. Especially for all the poor kids who have diabetes. I don't know. Yeah. This was not a good role model for them. It wasn't, like, representation. It just made people more scared of them. Yeah, exactly. And then not to mention, on top of all of that, sorry, but even in a movie, it just shows you how how far we've come, I guess, since the 90s. But it's, like, your first concern is diabetes and isn't the fact that you're basically coaxing this guy into, (laughs) and lying, and coaxing this guy into, I don't know, statutory (laughs) problems? Yeah. Potentially. Yeah, so they go on a couple dates... Um, they go on a hike. The mom is like, did you eat? And 
she faints on this hike and she has to she has to come clean about her diabetes, but he still doesn't know her age. And then apparently he's going to New York with some friends that he has that I don't know. And since right. she's from there, she's just allowed to go to New York. Yeah, this is really sloppy storytelling. But she does take Claudia, so she has a pal. Yeah, um, and her dad, like, apparently lectures him, like, they're going to a teen club. Um, which all I can imagine is the club we went to in New York with beds everywhere. <laughs> and... um. <laughs> And so the bouncer acts as though she's like, it's like a 21 and over club and is carting people and like confiscates her ID and is like, nice try. And that's how he finds out her real age. And he's in the cab ride back. And you can play the, the clip here. Oh, yeah. 13? Can you stop saying that? I just can't believe you're only 13! Stop screaming in my ear. Now stop screaming in my ear. Hey, you stay out of this. Don't yell at her. Listen, uh, my, hus- my husband and I, we were engaged I told you to stay out of and this. And I told you not to yell at her. Can you let me out of here, please? Don't listen to her. She's a child. Let me out of this cab. Listen, I'm not about to let two 13-year-old Shut little girls... You know, I thought maybe you weren't quite 16. But I never imagined you were only 13. Thirteen! I want to get out now. Get it? I promised your father I'd take you home. Damn it! Just screaming at her. <laughs> yeah, it's screaming. Screaming. My favorite part that I had never noticed before is during this. The cab driver says, "Me and my husband got engaged at 13. Yeah. Oh, I remembered that. The cab driver <laughs> is someone like akin to like Rosie O'Donnell type, like very yeah. like fast talking New York kind of girl and lady. And like he's screaming, and she's like, "You're screaming in my ear." That's what Stacy says. And then the cab driver's like, "You're screaming in my ear," and it's trying to like kind of help the girls out. And like, yeah. But then, okay. So then, can we go to the next scene after this? So basically, suffice it to say, <laughs> the shit has gone awry. And it seemingly to me, if I was in this situation, I'd be like, "Never, we're never gonna get over this." Like this yeah. is Luca is done. He's he is no more. And yeah. then. They somehow try they, to salvage this storyline. Yeah. So because there can be no poor outcomes in this. Like even no. her dad makes a recovery, all that kind of stuff. So they need to go rescue Christy from being abandoned during a storm at the carnival. And they need somebody with a car. And they can't tell any of their parents. So, you know, Stacy, being the little harlot she is calls up her 17-year-old crush that has a car. And so he drives the entire club to go pick her up. And, you know, she goes, thank you so much for doing that for us. Also, he, like, gets out of the car and hugs the whole group, which I thought was weird. Okay, yeah. And then he goes, hey, I I wanted to tell you. (laughs) I'll be back next summer. And she goes, and I'll be 14. And he goes, I know. So, But yes. no mention that he will then be 18, and this is really a crime at that point. <laughs> Super a crime. Also, you missed one critical scene within there, which, which is like a 20-second scene, so I don't blame you for missing this. But immediately after, they play this scene as if, like the New York, him finding out, they play it as if this is like a monumental breakup 
that she will never recover from. They play this song when they're like pulling up to the parents' house after coming back from New York and she hugs oh, yeah. Claudia. And then cut to next scene, he's out on her stoop. Luca is out on oh, yeah. her stoop playing a harmonica. And Stacy's kind of inside sitting on the front steps and she's just kind of like really bummed out. And her mother, who knows, <laughs> I assume that Luca is 17, comes up and is like, he's pretty good on that thing, huh? And sort of like nudges her. And I'm like, is this a fucking You're joke? This is your daughter. <laughs> like, what? It's her daughter. Also, she knows the guy can drive. So she knows he's at least 16. Yeah. Like, this is insane. But he does have the perfect 90s hair. He does. He is hot. Also, he aged really well. Um, also, in this during this movie, he was like what twenty three. Oh my god, I did not know yes. that. Oh yes, he was twenty three at the time of filming. Oh fuck, that's yeah. too old. That's too old. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Is, that's one of the only real facts from the IMDb trivia. Everything else is like this person starred with uh, Alex Mack. So, oh yeah, so this is an all-star cast. It really is. We so, got Rachel Lee Cook. Dream. Rachel Lee Cook playing Marianne. We got Skylar Fisk, who may, you may not know from name, but she's been in a bunch of stuff, and she's Sissy Spacek's daughter playing the lead role of Christy. We have Larissa... Olenek. 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 From The Secret World of Alex Mack and 10 Things I Hate About You. A Secret World of Alex Mack stan over here, so I could not believe when I saw her as Dawn. Yes, that was that was really big to me as well. Um, the girl that plays Stacey, Brie Blair, uh, has been in a lot, actually. Really? In looking at their cast, like, she's probably the most. And then also, playing Koki is Marla Skoloff, Sokoloff, Dude. who plays Gia in Full House. Which is so, how we connect back. So one thing about that I wanted to note about Marla Sokoloff is that my boss at my previous job looked exactly like Marla Sokoloff. And I, first of all, I told Ved day one and he was like, I'm sorry, who? And I was like, like, this is over. I was like, it's so important that you know who Marla Sokoloff is. <laughs> um, and the fact that you didn't like really bothered me. But every time I like would meet with my boss, I was always like, are you siblings with Marla Sokolov? Like, how is this possible? It was uncanny how much she looked like her. It was shocking. Did you ever bring it up to her? Of course not. Why would I? Dina, you know me. Do I seem like someone who would ever go out of my way to, like, especially a superior, to, like, you know, See, let on is, how much I know? this is where you and I differ. I would take the least opportune moment and be like, so, has anyone ever told you? I could never. I could never. I wish I could. Um, that person. Yeah, so the fashion. So Koki, a.k.a. Marla Sokolov, is wearing, like, ringlet pigtails as she's trying to seduce Logan away from Marianne with, like, pastel everything. It was so... And, like, combat boots. Yep. It was the oddest fashion choices for a villain very odd i just couldn't get over i could not get over the thigh highs i was like this is so inappropriate for like a child to be wearing a lot of thigh high action 
and like very short skirts with thigh highs. As she, I also really liked the the like bad girl theme song that they would always play. <laughs> I was like, ooh, ooh, let's get busy <laughs> or whatever. It was something like that. I swear to God, I'll play it here. Logan, I'm so glad you're here. Hey, I wanted to call you. Yeah. You have lost Cody. Hello, Kristen. Oh, you have a date, and I can see his age is the same as your. IQ. Who let you out of that bat cave, Marguerite? She hates to be called that. <laughs> That's your real name? No. <laughs> um, I also, it was kind of like a mean girl situation where she had like two not so smart sidekicks. One of whom was actually like very kind hearted. The redhead was actually really nice. Yeah, at the end she like very clearly states the moral. Where she's like, oh, they all came together to fix this problem. Yeah. And Koki's exactly. like, shut up. Yeah, it's so mad. Um, the other fashion choices is Christy, who dresses like a tomboy the entire film. Plaid, baseball tee, all the things. But in the beginning, the opening montage is her getting ready to meet with the club or go to school or something. And she's wearing all baggy clothing, and she tucks in her shirt to what appears to be boxers. Yeah. And, you know, this was very ahead of its time for this gender fluidity spectrum. But also... What? (laughs) I can't say what I was going to say. Okay. I'm going to get canceled on our podcast. Um, But also, really ahead of its time for the French tuck. Oh, yeah, you're right. What would Tan France say? Yeah. Truly ahead of its time. And even when she was, like, forced to wear, like, this dress because her dad, like, bought her a dress and wanted her to wear it, she was still wearing, like, basically, like, a plaid shirt on underneath and, like, a baseball cap. I was like, oh, I I like this style. I wish I had that much of a defined style and a commitment to it. Absolutely. Um... Everything else was just, like, everybody clearly had, like, their character, like... I, I basically dumbed it down to, like, basics in the intro, but, like, that's yeah. really what it was. Like, that's how they introduced anybody. That's the exactly only it. other, like, fashion – I mean, obviously, Stacey looked great in every scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only other one that stood out is at the end, Jesse, um, which also, can we just say that it's very, like, um, patronizing to call them junior? Because they probably, they probably go into it in the book of the difference – but basically, they just call these two junior members, even though they all do the same thing. Right. Um, but Jesse wears an amazing jumpsuit at the end. Oh, damn it. I, don't, I didn't see. I have to go back and look. Yeah. During yeah. The, like, I, they get into the it. House. It's like a whole thing in the book. Basically, they're 11 years old, so they can't be, like, full-on members, but they could be junior members. And they take on, like, certain babysitting cases that are, like, not the super challenging ones. Um, Are they allowed to babysit on their own, or do they have to go together? I think originally they have to go together, but then eventually they're able to do it on their own, if I remember correctly. Nobody, if anybody out there is a BSC, like, knowledge fanatic, then don't quote me on this, but I do also, know that there, there's certain rules that don't apply to the others. Um, and they're, like, kind of best friends. Like, everybody has a best friend pairing except for Dawn, who's just, like, left out to dry. Well, that's the fucked up part, Dina, is that Dawn sort of sees Marianne as her best friend, but then Marianne doesn't necessarily see Dawn as her best friend. It's 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 really fucked up. 
Yeah. Um, they get it, into a side series of books where you really get into uh, Dawn's psyche on that one. Wow. Who, who knew? I'm just picking up on stuff. I know. Um, but Marianne, like, even though she's not the main character, she's the one with a best friend, a, a stepsister, parents, and a boyfriend. But yet you really hear nothing about her. Yep. She basically, it's so interesting because especially with Marianne, and the books get a little bit more into her story, especially with Logan and everything, but it always felt like stuff happened to Marianne and she didn't like do stuff, you know? Yeah. And I, we can get into this in just a second, but well, I guess I'll start out with this. Dina, who do you relate to more the most? Like if you had to identify with a character, who do you relate to? Wow, 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 wow. Who are you, Dina? You know, I really thought about this a lot. And I I thought about who I relate to now and who I related to as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I think as a kid, I probably, like, I wanted to be a tomboy, but without the athletic ability, which is <laughs> odd. Um now I probably would skew more towards a Dawn, but like, am I just a Marianne at heart? I don't know. So glad to hear you say that. Now and then I feel the exact same way. And that is that I would kill to be some fluid mixture of Stacy and Claudia because I always wanted to be artsy and sort of free spirited. But then I also wanted to be like sophisticated and cool. And I like that those two are best friends because I was just like, oh, that's like. I always wanted to be Stacey, but I knew I was never a Stacey. Exactly. But unfortunately, I just got to admit to myself, I'm a Marianne. (laughs) And even in the movie, she's like so stoic when Koki kind of comes up to her and she's like taunting her about like Logan. And she's like, I'm not going to cry. Oh, yeah. That was such a weird thing. Like Koki just like says one thing and she just goes, I'm not going to cry. But you know, Adina, as as somebody who's hyper-emotional and who was out to dinner with friends last night and had to apologize multiple times for crying (laughs) at the dinner table, I was telling an emotional story. Just shut up, everyone. Just shut up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, I relate to it. And and, yeah, it's it's tricky, but I get it. So I guess Dead's my Logan. (laughs) Wow. Yikes. Yeah, let's see. Do I have any more notes? I can... Drew has a friend over to watch football. Oh. I wrote... Uh-oh. I did write down... Okay. I wrote down Christy's dad is hot. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> I said Van Dad is hot. I also said the hot, weird Euro guy who loves to hike, like I.E. Luca. I was like, that's Ved. Yeah, I would say Ved more identifies with Luca than he does um, Logan. Logan, exactly. I know. Um, Let's see. And then I wrote, it's really sad how Christy's emotionally manipulative father made her, her life a living hell. Because truly, even at the end, she's talking to her mom, and her mom's like, why didn't you just tell me? Like, you're a child. And, yeah, and, like, why didn't she get on the phone and yell at the dad? Even the, even the mom, like, lets um, the dad off really easily. Super easily. 
I was like, you should be protected. She's just like, your dad's here. just full of dreams and heroin. Awful. Yeah, truly, it wouldn't. Be. <laughs> Next time she meets up with her dad, she's like, pull up your sleeves. Yeah. Let's see the track marks. Um, oh, another another thing I noticed is that Koki invites Logan to go to a Smashing Pumpkins concert, which he does not uh, deny at first. And every 90s TV show mentioned the Smashing Pumpkins. It was like the I one know. band that every like television writer knew. Yeah, everyone could agree upon it. I also, I didn't really get that storyline now looking back on it because, now correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't it seem like every time Koki came up to Logan... And we would kind of get, like, the tail end of their interaction where, like, at one point she's like, oh, I like your muscles or whatever. Like, she's sort of, like, always hitting on him. And then she walks away and it's like, Logan seems super into it. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, he's so I, into it. I was but, like, this seems weird. Like, it doesn't seem like he's kind of like, oh, whatever. Like, he actually seems like he's, like, kind of going for it. They only had, they had to add in that scene of Marianne kissing him just so we would know that they were actually into each other. Exactly, dude. Yes. It didn't make any sense. I was like, why are we showing that this guy, like, and you could also kind of understand it, right? Like, even as somebody who relates to the Marianne character, like, here's Koki kind of, like, making all these moves and sort of, like, assertively, like, going for it. And then Marianne's like, I'm not going to cry, you know? I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't know, man. I kind of get it. Um, oh, one important note is uh, Dawn goes up to Ellen Burstyn and apologizes for the kids ruining the garden. And she goes, it's just, I brought you some plants. I'm just trying to make up for it. It's it's nothing special. It's just sage and rosemary. Clearly, these plants are not sage and rosemary. <laughs> like, yeah. That's I was just like, point. what is this? Like, we couldn't, w- there was no budget to go to Home Depot? <laughs> They're like, just pretend. <laughs> just, They're like, this, this is all just make-believe. Yeah. Which I know is just a picky note, but it was just really funny to me. No, I didn't even notice that. That's so funny. And then also, the only other thing that I wanted to mention is that I really liked the greenhouse. I was like, I want this oh my god, yes. in my life. It's spectacular. And part of the reason they get it is because none of the adults can stand being in the heat. Like, dumb adults. Dumb adults. Just open a window, you dumb-dumbs. Um, do you realize that uh, all these kids' parents are probably supposed to be, like, our age? I can't think about that. Please don't don't make me... <laughs> think about that please don't okay okay what a disaster and well you know this movie i would say so i don't even know how many babysitters club books are like probably close to a hundred or something like that so many more than a hundred but that's that's (laughs) that was like the cute estimate yeah um i will say that this is probably the oddest plot points like plot line they could have made with this estranged dad and everything it was really just like an elongated special episode of something um but that being said i cannot recommend this movie enough and i have no idea if it will make sense to anybody that does not have that nostalgia for it like we do yeah i do think that that's the problem is that like are there glaring plot holes some dangerous messaging uh you know like (laughs) is it the best movie ever absolutely not is it heartwarming and fun and just so special in my heart? Absolutely. And Alan is a dream. And guess what? Grown-up Alan, also a dream. <laughs> oh, okay. I have the stats. 
Okay. Um, there are 131 novels in the core series. Right. 15 super specials. Sure. Three dozen mysteries. And dozens of other books featuring the characters Marin created. So yeah. there's like no conclusive answer. Here's the thing. If you're going to read any of the books, which I recommend you do, you need them in your life, read all the super specials, the 15 super specials. They go, there's like a murder mystery. They go like skiing. They go to some island. They go to like a summer camp. It's just the most amazing plethora of books. Honestly, I'm going to make my niece read these. A hundred percent. Now it just makes me kind of like want to be a writer again. So that I can write all these books into life because... The babysitters went on some great adventures. You might even call them some super special adventures. Um, I was thinking about the other day how when I was a kid, one of my career paths that I wanted to do was to be a children's book author. Because even as a kid, I lacked ambition. I was like, I can't commit to a whole book. Yeah. But I could be a children's book author. Absolutely. And then I also wanted to be, I, I literally asked my teacher in like third grade. I was like, I don't want to write the news, but I want to be the person on TV saying it. What is that? <laughs> the news anchor. I didn't want to be a journalist, but I just wanted to be the one saying it. Like, that's so funny. So I think that's it for Babysitter's Club. And can it get any better? I don't think so. so. No. Um, do you have any pop culture recs for us? I was trying to think about my pop culture rec. Oh, I have a pop culture anti-rec for you. Great. Okay. There's a book. It is called Verity. Verity meaning truth. But it's, it's just called Verity. And it's like a mystery book. And I won't get into too much of the details, but suffice it to say, it's about a woman who's a writer named Lowen. And Lowen meets a man because she's sees a guy get his head chopped off by a car in New York City and then rushes into a bathroom with blood all over her and she meets a guy who like helps her and then it turns out that they're going to the same meeting and that this guy's wife has just been in this major car accident she's a major author and she's written this series of books that he's now going to hire Lowen fortuitously to finish Mm. anyhow Lowen has to go to his house to write this series of books the wife is still alive but is in like really like deathly ill terrible state and they start to fall in love Lowen and and the the husband and I won't give away the plot line other than to say it was all going so well Dina and it it had me hooked and I was like okay like you know I don't typically read books like this I usually try to go for something a little bit different but it held my attention and it was very like lifetime movie-esque but at the end it was so convoluted. <laughs> I'm not joking. The plot was so convoluted and insane. And the twist was so fucking crazy. It gave me my first panic attack of 10 years. Wow. I wish I was joking. When I read the ending, dude, it was insane. So that's my pop culture anti rec I recommend that nobody goes out and read this because I don't I can't guarantee that the same thing will happen to you. you. You can't have that on your conscience. I can't have that on my conscience. So if you see the book, just go out of your way, avoid it, read something else. Um, my, like, I don't feel like I've really, like, I've been watching stuff, but nothing that stands out to me. Like, 
feel like I've watched a lot of blah stuff. Mm-hmm. That's just okay. And I, you know, um, you know, like flight attendant or even the, the Glenn Chamblin documentary wasn't that great. Um, but I watched Lethal Weapon last night and it holds up. Oh, I've never seen it. Oh, Drew and I were talking, we're like, 80s action movies are so great because they're not a big spectacle like Marvel movies. It, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're talking your diehards, your lethal weapons. Like, the action heroes still look relatively normal. Like, they went on a normal workout routine. Yeah. Um, and it was quite enjoyable. Okay. Maybe I'll tell Bed we'll watch it. Um, and I remember throughout the whole movie, I would be like, there's like this very iconic scene of a topless woman. I was like, I think this is the first boobs I ever saw. And then, like, there's, like, nudity of Mel Gibson. I was like, I think this is the first butt I ever saw. And Drew was just like, wow, this movie meant a lot to you. This movie is essential to your life. Yeah. That's Um, so funny. I wonder what the first boobs I ever saw were. Yeah. Huh. Also, speaking of boobs, I rewatched the um, Blurred Lines video. And then the next day, Emily Rajakowski, or however you say it, Emraz. Um thing or uh news came out that he had groped her during the performance and i was like great great like men have to ruin everything they truly do but also like i mean the song's not great in itself no no i actually i like the song i thought no no i meant the the messaging of the song the song oh yeah song well, that's what I was going to say, is that Robin Thicke has always rubbed me so the wrong way. Like, I just don't think that he's a good person. And then when I heard that, I was just kind of like, well, yeah. Yeah, that tracked to me. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. I was most disappointed in Pharrell. Me too. Me too. But then also... Like, also I don't expect much out of T.I. or Robin Thicke. Yeah, exactly. Um... But, you know, still on the journey for uh, Grand Entrance songs, so send in your suggestions, people. It's not Blurred Lines. Oh, I have to send you my playlist for you. Ooh, exciting. I created a playlist. Bed and I were walking around the other night, and I created a playlist of songs, and Bed would just add his two cents to everything. I love that. I'll send it to you. Um, okay, well, um, I guess that's... Oh, ooh, uh, follow-up good news to last week is that... Full House is now on HBO Max. Oh, I knew something like that was going to happen. Yes. So we are still in the game, people. We're set. We're set. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want more of these specials, please reach out to us. Um, when I can go down more uh, memory lanes. Hopefully this was entertaining to some of you. Um, but yeah, everybody, you know, have a great couple weeks. We're now kind of doing a every other week schedule. Yeah, just so you know what to expect. That's yeah. that's where we're at. And we love you all. Have a good next two weeks. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.